0: Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Moses Estevez on Child Evangelism Fellowship's ministry of bringing the gospel to children worldwide.
1: So, it's been a great journey, and most of all, because we get to uh, bring the gospel to children around the corner, around the world, and and there's no greater joy. I mean, if you sit down with a child and you lead a child to Christ, to faith in Christ, your life will never be the same.
0: Moses Estevez, next. For more than 80 years, through various programs, Child Evangelism Fellowship has brought the good news to children in the U.S. and around the globe. In fact, it was CEF which brought the gospel to Moses Estevez many years ago when he was a child. Today, he's executive vice president of CEF. Moses, tell us about the background of Child Evangelism Fellowship. Who got it going?
1: The founder of CEF, Reverend Jesse Overholzer, uh, his story is quite fascinating with all the details. But he, uh, God worked in his heart, and uh, he, he developed a burden, God-given burden, to reach children for Christ. And he basically um, started evangelizing children in the early 20s. And uh, it's a long story, of everything that happened. But by 1937, the ministry gets formally organized in Chicago, and the ministry uh, officially or in a more organized way takes off. Um, he was very uh, eager to bring the gospel to the children, both here in America and around the world. At the time, Second World War was going on in Europe, so he directed his uh, foreign uh, missionary efforts to begin in South America. And so he made quite a few trips there, and the ministry began there. And by the time he passed away in 1955, the ministry of CF was already organized in 60 countries, Um, it's quite an amazing story. It's a God story, and today we have about 400 offices in the USA, and we have ministry organized in most nations of the world. We have about 3,600 full-time staff, and of course, millions of volunteers. Ministry has a very strong volunteer base um, that minist- that we train, and then that minister of children. So the vision uh, to bring the gospel to the next generation that started uh, nearly 100 years ago
0: continues strong today. Perhaps some are wondering, well, how is this, can you contrast it with a church Sunday school class? We have many ministries,
1: but maybe one of the most famous ministries we have is the Good News Club. That's a weekly uh, hour-to-hour, 15-minute minutes. Bible time with the children, but it contains many things like songs and, and memory verses and, and games and, and missionary story and teaching about prayer and a Bible lesson. It is, it's quite packed, high-energy time for the kids. They love it. We work very closely with local churches. We uh, do a lot of training for local churches. Uh, that's sort of one of our pillars of our ministry. Last year, we te- we trained over 400,000 believers in a variety of training set- settings. Some could be a half day all the way to three months long. So we, we're constantly training believers, and they take that training to their local churches. So we, we do a lot of ministry in partnership with local churches. But our heart, our primary uh, vision is for the unchurched child. Ah. And so, uh, most of our ministries are located outside of the church walls. So, for example, in the USA, most of our goodness clubs are in public schools. Why? Because that's where the unsaved kids are. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do five-day clubs in the open air, under a tree, and in, in a park. Uh, uh, we also do clubs in daycares and apartment complexes, uh, so we pursue the unchurched child, and then of course we work in partnership with local churches because we want to bring those unchurched kids into the local church for ongoing uh, discipleship and ministry. So, for example, in the case of the after-school Good News Clubs, we uh, partner with the local church, get a team of believers fully trained, prepared with literature, everything they need, and then we plant that lighthouse of the gospel in the local in the public school, and then as the kids come and get picked up at the end of the day, after the club is over, then the, the church team is able to meet with the parents and thank them for allowing the kid to come and, and greet them and so on. Over time, re- relationships are built, then invitations to come to church. So we love to work in part in partnership with the local church, but our focus is very strong to for the unchurched child, the child that has never heard the gospel yet.
0: It's so interesting to hear this, how Child Evangelism Fellowship operates. It's been going for, for decades. Uh, and I, from what I've read, it's actually in thousands of public schools, uh, well, across the United States, first of all. And, and some people might be thinking, oh, I, I thought you couldn't do things like that in the public school, have a, have a Christian ministry based there. Can you tell us about that? How does that work? And, and maybe Certainly. correct a misconception?
1: Sure. If anybody Googles Good News Club versus Milton uh, School District, uh, they will find a legal case uh, in which uh, CF won the case. Uh, so in June of 2001 and in front of the United States Supreme Court on a vote six to three, uh, the justices basically said, no, you cannot discriminate against CF. You cannot have all these extracurriculum clubs in your school, but then say no to the Christian club. Uh, and so you have to receive that same club uh, despite their religious content. So that was the decision that opened those doors, those public school doors open wide. So today they're wide open. Our invitation is is to really to the body of Christ to say, let's go. Let's take advantage of this open door. We don't know how long the door will be open, but yeah. it is open now. It is open now. So right now uh, is when the clubs restart post-summer. Uh, clubs and schools. So we're at least three thousand clubs and schools will start this fall. We're still rebuilding post-COVID. There was many states and school districts that took a long time to open up to after-school uh, activities, but it, it, it's growing by leaps and bounds every semester. And uh, we hope to be you know five, six thousand clubs and schools fairly soon. So we're we're grateful to God for this open door. We just need more believers, more churches, more pastors. To partner with us and and uh, and plant that lighthouse for Christ in that in the center of the community, which these days are, is is the public school.
0: Any idea of how many kids are are uh, involved in Child Evangelism Fellowship in the U.S. and?
1: I think it's about 120,000. And how many countries worldwide? We have about 80,000 Good News Clubs. So we minister to millions of kids through weekly Good News Clubs, and then we have other ministries as well. Uh, for example, we have a ministry that. Uh, we're uh, seeking to accelerate now that we call Christmas Party Clubs. So the idea is kids love Christmas, kids love parties, and when you invite a child for a Christmas party, they come running. (laughs) They're excited. And really, Christmas is like the best time of the year to share the gospel with kids, to be able to tell them that little baby Jesus in the manger came to earth to become the Savior of the world and tell the whole, the true meaning of Christmas to kids. And and I'm telling you, they're ready to hear it and they're ready to put their trust in Christ. And so we, uh, last Christmas season, we ministered to six million kids around the world during that six-week season. And then this year, our target is 10 million children. So we have not complete strategies to do that. Our workers do a lot of trainings. We mobilize a lot of volunteers, select locations, invite the kids. So it's a big operation to minister to 10 million kids, but it's going to happen, and it's very, very exciting.
0: Well, can you tell us how many, or at least to what extent, you see children put their faith in Christ as their Savior?
1: I would say worldwide is somewhere between 10 and 12 percent. Of the kids we minister to, it it fluctuates, you know, around yeah. the globe. Um, but it's about 10, 12 percent, sometimes up to 15 percent. Uh, we're very careful in our training. We're very uh, cautious that we train our volunteers very carefully not to influence children, to present the gospel, to sort of get out of the way. To be able to explain how a child can put their faith in Christ, but to get out of the way. So we're looking for genuine decisions of the heart of the child. Manipulation in children's ministry does not take place in any shape or form because those would be fake yeah. fake professions of faith and who wants that. So there's a whole methodology involved in our literature and our training to
0: help teachers do that. Where do you find the teachers?
1: Yeah, we partner with local churches. So we we come to the church and basically invite them to uh, join us and help reach kids in the community. For example, my church here in town, uh, we do a one on Wednesday nights. We have a, a goodness club that the church sponsors and a school here in elementary school. And so several times we we will invite the kids in that school club to go to a one at the church, make that bridge to the church. And we do that throughout the year. So we do it in partnership with local church. The church provides a team and we train them. Sometimes we go to the church and we provide training, even if they're not ready to plant a a club in a school, we still come and provide training to help them in their children's ministries as well.
0: So if a child does put their faith in in christ you try to if possible and obviously you have to have the parents they have to agree to it or their permission but to introduce them in some way to a local church
1: that's what we desire uh, of course uh, it's complicated with little kids yeah if the parents cooperate it's great if the parents don't it ain't gonna happen yes but i was that kid Okay? I, was, I was born in Portugal. I was nine years old. My family didn't go to church. And somehow God made a way for me to go to a camp two hours south of Lisbon. There I heard the gospel. I was saved that summer. Went back home. We didn't go to church. I didn't step foot in church until six years later when I was 15. Mm. God made a way for me to go to church. Uh, you know, if the church, if the family doesn't go to church, <laughs> it probably is not going to happen. Yeah. But the ministry to the kids is still worth it. The Holy Spirit can keep his own. But, of course, our desire is to minister to them on a regular basis. So that's why the Good News Club is weekly, because we have teaching for the saved child and, of course, the gospel for the unsaved child. And we're constantly making that bridge through the church. I heard a, a just recently a beautiful story. I actually saw it on video. It came from one of our field chapters of these two girls. They're twins. And uh, if you want to, I can send you this video. It, it, they're qu- kind of spunky and they're yeah. talking on video. They came to Good News Club and then God started working in their hearts. They get saved and they go home. Parents are not saved. They go home. Of course, if kids are excited that you know what, they're going to talk about the Lord. And everything they're learning in Good News Club, and uh, and then the parents show up on the screen explaining what was going on in their lives. The father, al- alcoholic, and but the the girls are starting to have an impact on them. So eventually they go to church. Eventually they get saved. The father gives up al- alcoholism, and there's a beautiful scene in, in the video with the, all four of them being baptized on the same Sunday. Wow, mother, father, and the two girls. But it all started with these two girls being exposed to the Word of God in this goodness club in public school and then the power of the gospel at work in the hearts of the children and then bringing the gospel home to the parents how cool is that and we see that happen many times in in our ministry
0: so you're you're evangelizing children but you at the same time you're reaching the parents through the children
1: you are and the parents love it. I mean, of course, we have some parents that don't love it, <laughs> especially if you invite, you know, a kid to come to club from an atheist home. They're not going to be very <laughs> Right. And we have, we've had issues with atheists for many years. But um, the parents that are supportive, yeah, they love it. Actually, I was looking at a quote from George Barna, and he, and he said in his book, Every year tens of thousands of parents are brought to faith in Christ because one of their children was so changed by his or her own relationship with the Lord that the parent could not ignore the power of Christ any longer. That's That was his conclusion in his research.
0: Mr. Moses Estevez, he is uh, Executive Vice President of Child Evangelism Fellowship, and we're talking about the ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship, CEF, which is reaching children with the gospel both in the U.S. and in many countries of the world. So is it fair to say, Moses, that it is in all 50 states here in the U.S.?
1: It is in all 56 yeah. We have four, a total of 400 offices
0: in the USA. I don't know if we talk specifically about what ages that y- you are aiming at with the Good News Club.
1: You, the Good News Club, again, if the Good News Club happens to to take be hosted in the elementary school, then it's the ages of that elementary school. So it would be K through 5th. Some, some elementary schools go to 6th grade. So it depends. Uh, so that's typically the window that we target in our ministries. Of course, they grow up very fast and they grow out of that window very fast. So there's an urgency to our ministry in obedience to the Lord in in Psalm 78 to bring the knowledge of God to the next generation.
0: Now, my understanding is, as we focused on the public schools, but these Good News Clubs sometimes are held uh, in homes or other places.
1: Many locations, business locations as well, YMCAs, many locations, and many of them in homes. Uh, where the neighborhood kids come every week to be ministered God's Word, yes.
0: So there's the Good News Club. That sounds like that's your main outreach to to children, what, five years to five to 12, something like that? Yeah. Uh, but but there are also something called five-day clubs. What okay, can yes. you tell us about those? It, sound a little, it sounds a little like a, maybe a, a vacation Bible school kind of format. Yes,
1: it's similar to a vacation Bible school, but the five-day club ministry happens in the summer, but it's tied to another ministry we call CYA, Christian Youth in Action. So we take teenagers and we train them. Every state has a, 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 a CYA training school. It's a We train about over 3,000 of them every summer in the USA and then they're the ones who go teach the five-day clubs. So the impact of, of the Christian Youth in Action training in the lives of the, the CYers is astronomic because you might get a 15-year-old that comes to training a bit shy. Two weeks later, this person with a couple other teens are teaching kids, parents in the back of the room, and they're like pros. And uh, so that is a huge transformation for the life of the teenager. And then what God does in their lives. I've heard stories of many becoming pastors and so on and so forth. And then those CYAers go then teach the children in the five day clubs. And it's a beautiful thing to watch when these little kids look up to these. They love teenagers. They look up to these teenagers and they're holding their visuals and teaching them about the Lord and actually sitting down and leading them to faith in Christ it's an amazing summer ministry and sometimes churches that want to do a VBS, but they feel like they don't have, um, the teachers to do it. They'll contact CF and, um, and CF will send CYAs and so basically the the the, the will do all the Bible teaching and the the church will add some crafts and some activities whatever and and that becomes their VBS we do we help churches a lot with that
0: well I'm talking with a uh, mr. Uh, Moses Estevies he is executive vice president of child evangelism fellowship a ministry which brings the gospel to children across the United States and in many of the countries of the world and uh, it's active in uh, pilgrim radios coverage area, and I'm wondering if I could ask you briefly, uh, Moses, uh, maybe you could give us a little bit of a of an update on what it's doing in uh, particularly Nevada, Wyoming, and Montana. Uh, perhaps start with uh, Billings, Montana. What, what What is CEF doing there?
1: Yeah, uh, so Montana, the, the state coordinator's name is Chris Peabody, and uh, uh, they've reached in the last ministry year I think over 5,000 uh, children. Mm. They do a lot of uh, vacation Bible school, helping churches, vacation Bible schools. I know they've done just recently uh, some vacation Bible schools in Billings. They do also quite a bit of uh, training to help the churches in their, min- uh, in their uh, children's ministries. Um, they also do fairs. Uh, in these more rural states, fairs are still quite prominent. And so the workers will set up a booth And they will share the gospel in a variety of creative ways to the children. And they can reach a lot of kids in the fair. Uh, They can usually come in groups and you sit down and share the gospel with them. Uh, Sometimes there's face painting, some other creative ways, uh, you know, to add some fun to the experience. So they're reaching a lot of kids in in Montana. Uh, Also in uh, northern Nevada, we have Nevada divided into two CF states, southern Nevada and northern Nevada. Mm -hmm. Beth Blades has been the interim state director, and um, they have good news clubs in, in, in greater Carson area, uh, Silver Springs, Reno, Elko, Spring Creek. Um, they're, and they're looking for additional churches to say, yeah, let's partner, let's plant that uh, weekly good news club in the public school uh, they're looking for board members, committee members. Sir. All these ministries are always looking for donors as well, prayer partners, yeah. but especially teachers, people that that will want to be trained and teach the gospel to kids. There's no more enjoyable, there's no more fun, there's no more worthy uh, cause than to pass the knowledge of God to the next generation. You know, someone wants to share the gospel with us. We all have our own story. Yeah but in a sense that story has one common thread is that someone share the gospel with us. And so today it's our responsibility to share the gospel with the next generation. we don't we can't expect the government to do it, someone else to do it. It's us, the body of Christ. It's not it's not even CEF, it's the body of Christ. Yep. CEF is just a tool for the body of Christ so we can provide training and and tool and and, and literature and all kinds of program but it belongs to the body of Christ. So it's exciting. You know, I was thinking about Psalm 78 the other day when when verse four says that, you know, uh, the Lord wants us to bring the knowledge of God to the next generation. You know, in verses six and seven, God starts talking about future generations. That's generations not not even born yet. They don't exist. And he's saying, bring the gospel to the next generation so that they might know me and they will tell it to the children yet unborn It's one generation that doesn't exist yet, and arise and tell it to their children. That's a second generation that doesn't exist. So God God looks into the future and says, if those generations are going to hear about me and are going to get to know me, all that hinges on one thing. The people who know God today, they must share the gospel with the next generation. Isn't that beautiful? It is. That's right from the heart of God. And so we have the honor and the privilege to do that, a little bit about Wyoming. Yeah. Ricardo Hossein is the state director. Again, they're establishing Good News Clubs in in public schools. Also, a big focus on Christmas party clubs. Why? Because Christmas party clubs allow us to reach a lot of kids in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. But then it also uh, then we can invite these kids to be part of weekly ministries and invite these teachers to also continue on teaching into other opportunities. They had a big summer ministry with forty seven. Uh, students that attended CYA, they also they also had a mission trip. Um, Twenty three young people from Wyoming went to Trinidad, really, uh, to do ministry in two islands, um, and 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 ministry with several churches that they were able to reach one hundred and ten children on that mission trip. A cool a cool testimony we heard this summer in in Wyoming was about this kid that uh, was thirteen years he's now a college student but he shared the story this summer 13 years old yeah he heard the gospel from some CIA or some high schoolers and while they were doing faith, faith painting with him and his sister he heard the gospel he's Mormon Mormon kid and some of the things they said were new they only they, they, they Mormons don't use terminology about being saved and stuff like that, and he heard the gospel, and it was quite thought-provoking, and he began to consider the gospel. Eventually, he gave his heart to Christ, and today he's attending a Bible college in Wyoming, but it, it ha- that transformation happened because someone took the time to share the gospel with these young people and that's our desire, is is let's, let's not squander this opportunity. Let's do everything we can to share the gospel with the children. I, I'm from Portugal. I'm from Europe, and, and I know the history of the gospel in Europe. There's countries that in generations past were strong gospel powerhouses. Today, they need to be re-evangelized. Why? Because if we don't pass the knowledge of God to the next generation, you'll end up with a secular generation.
0: What kind of a person would make a good leader. You've talked about the teenagers in the Teenage Club, uh, the uh, JYC. What, what about uh, for adults? Is there a particular kind of person? Uh, or, uh, I mean, maybe people might even be surprised Absolutely. that they
1: could do it. Listen, being trained to children's ministry is transformational, and we do it for any age, really any age. And an example of that is, I know a couple, and I, I heard this story multiple times, that sent their kids to uh, Christian Youth in Action training, When the kids came home, they couldn't believe the transformation of these young people because they learned to be teachers and their confidence changes and their dependency on God changes. Everything changes. And they were so excited they quit their jobs and joined CEF on staff Mm. because they said, this is what we want to be a part of. And that couple, I'm thinking, I was in Alaska today. Alaska, led by that couple, uh, by Steve, has an enormous ministry to the Bush villages. With a huge training program with 114 young people every 140 people every summer uh, in the middle of nowhere, so uh, there's great power in teaching and training people and seeing what God does. We even train kids in Goodness Club. We have a program called Go and Tell Children, reaching children. Hmm. So we take the older, the older. We're pushing this program more and more around the world Uh, with the older kids in Good News Club. Maybe they're nine, they're 10, they're 11. They're a little more committed more mature. We take them aside to do a separate training and we train them to share the gospel with their peers using the wordless book. Once they're fully trained, we let them loose. Watch out because they'll go out and share the gospel with 10, 20, 30 friends, come back and report on it. And, uh, the reason I'm very excited about that, yeah, it's going to allow us to bring the gospel to many kids. But what will God do if you have a generation, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of these young people who are passionate about evangelism and they'll be doing that as part of their churches? What will God do? A lot of people don't know this, but even Luis Palau started as a teenager trained in Argentina by two CEF missionaries, U.S. sent missionaries. Really? That trained a group of teenagers and then Luis Palau was part of that group. So he was actually trained the, the very first steps he took in evangelism uh, by these two CEF workers. And later he told us, and because he would come to our conferences and speak, and, and he would do some things on video for us, that he would say, you know, even in my, my later years as I'm doing all these big evangelistic campaigns, I'm still remembering the verses they taught me and the things they taught me. And so what can God do when you take even a child and you train them to evangelize their peers, only God knows. But we're excited, and we're pushing it all around the world.
0: Well, if people would like more information about Child Evangelism Fellowship, where would you point them, Moses?
1: I would encourage them to go to our website, cefonline.com. That's cefonline.com. We have a ch- what we call a chapter finder there. They can go there. They put their zip code, and the system will provide the closest CEF office to them. And there will be an email address, the name of the worker, a phone number, Call that worker, contact them. If you want to visit a club, if you want to ask them to come and talk about CF at your church, whatever you need, they're there to help you. And and they can uh, help you get started with your init- first steps in reaching unchurched kids for Christ. It's the most, there's no more exciting thing. I mean, building a space shuttle is cool. <laughs> building a, building a, a, you know, a, an SUV is cool, but I'm telling you, sharing the gospel with kids Is the coolest thing ever.
0: Well, I did want to ask you, and I know I've got to let you go here in just a minute, but how did the Lord lead you? You you mentioned to me before we started this conversation that you've been with Child Evangelism Fellowship for more than 30 years. How did the Lord lead you to become involved full-time?
1: As I said, I got saved at nine years old, started attending church at 15. At 17, I went to a conference in Portugal led by Youth for Christ, and I had a very strong calling for ministry. I went to Bible school in Portugal shortly after that, and it's a long story I was a businessman for eight, nine years uh, as a tent maker doing ministry. And it's a long story how in 93, I ended up, God ended up steering me and my family to go to Vermont to serve with child evangelism fellowship in Vermont. So that's where my wife was from. Uh, I didn't want to, I wanted to stay in Portugal, but God has a way of, (laughs) you know, getting his way. And so we ended up in Vermont. We were there four or five years. And then I got an invitation to come to the international headquarters in Missouri where I've been for the last 25 years. So it's been a great journey, and most of all because we get to uh, bring the gospel to children around the corner, around the world, and, and there's no greater joy. I mean, if you sit down with a child and you lead a child to Christ, to faith in Christ, your life will never be
0: the same. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Moses Estevez, Executive Vice President of Child Evangelism Fellowship. For more information, go to cefonline.com. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Sharon James, explaining why Christianity is good for the world now and in ages past. We are in a sinful world. You find injustices in every country, but in countries that have got that Christian foundation behind their development of democracy and human rights. Those are the most stable and safe and prosperous countries to live in today. That's tomorrow at the same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening.